I am so grateful to be here. To be able to honor my pastor. What a blessing, what a blessing. How many people are in the house right now? When you step back home, you never know how you're gonna respond. But I'm honored to, invi uh, to be invited to speak at Pastor Appreciation Day here at Primitive Christian Church. And I'm grateful to be in this particular place. And I feel tenderhearted. I really do. And with deep gratitude for this house, because I'm from this house. And I carry you all with me, and I carry this house with me. How many know that we have spiritual DNA? There are people whose shoulders we stand on. And there are times we don't even know we're standing on them. Come on, somebody. So I feel tenderhearted and with deep gratitude for this house. So when I got the call from Minister Enid Almanzar, I, I was grateful for my sister. You know, she's from the LES as well. I'm from LES. I don't know if y'all know that. I'm in East Harlem now. And then I had asked Enid how much time I had, and she said about 25 minutes. And I asked her, what kind of minute is it? Is it a Pentecostal minute? Is it a, a Presbyterian minute? So I'll try my best as I know these are strange days in the pandemic. She said it's a COVID minute, so keep it moving. So I'm gonna be a little more scripted today. But just a little more about me. I'm the son of a Pentecostal teacher named Jose Humphreys II, and the son of a Sunday school educator named Arcadia Humphreys. And I remember how God made my way over here during a women's conference in the year 2000. Wow, 20 years ago. Good Lord. I had a lot more brown going on, and I came back with this. But it was the Center for Emerging Leadership, right? Female Leadership. And I remember watching Pastor Enid and, and Dr. Liz Rios on the pulpit. And it was then and there, of all places, a women's conference at the time, that my wife and me felt called and compelled to join this mission at PCC. I also remember three rows to the right of the sanctuary, my right, your left, where uh, a beautiful couple named Rich and Mary Rivera sat. And, and I remember one day after we had a powerful time of worship, and I remember back in the days we used to like, you know, just worship up here. I know y'all don't, you know, it's a different day. Someday, somebody say someday. But I remember one day after worship, she, Mary just turned around and, and, and she began to prophesy to me and she said, Jose, I just want to let you know that God has called you to be a pastor. And I responded in the way any sane, logical human being would by saying, Mary, get behind me right now. You have not in mind the things of God. I just wasn't ready to hear that. But here I am. I'm a pastor now. And when God wants you, God is going to get you. <laughs> and I'm honoring my pastor today, my pastors. I'm honored and humbled to be able to honor Pastor Mark and his great leadership in this house, 
in this zip code and to preach from a psalm that when I turn to, it always reminds me of him. So I'm going to just invite us to open up our scriptures today to Psalm 16. And I'll be reading from the New International Version. Psalm 16. And I'm going to be reading on the holy places. I'm going to be speaking on contemplating the holy and pleasant places. Contemplating the holy and the pleasant places. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my God. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people, that's all of y'all, who are in the land, they are noble ones in whom is all my delight. They are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. But Lord, you alone are my portion. Somebody say portion. And my cup, you make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure my body, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me, to others, the path of life. You fill me with your joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing unto you. In the name of Jesus. So the psalmist in our text today, which we know to be David, had this amazing connection to the Almighty. David was a mystic and a contemplative, and he had this personal connection with God. David knew God from early in life, from the time he was a shepherd boy. And as readers we have the benefit of knowing David's story arc. How he slew a giant when he was but a young boy. And how he was a man after what? God's own heart. That he contributed to the Psalms of the Bible with all kinds of songs, celebrations, triumphs, and laments. Yes, David even knew how to sing the blues. I was driving off my brother on the sax right here. Thank you so much for your gift. But what we often don't talk about is the long journey it took David to get to where he got. He was 12 years a fugitive. He went through some sufferings and some storms from the time that he was anointed until the time that he bore the weight of the crown on his head. He went through all of these sufferings, and it took a time for David's call to unfold. 
Because as Miles Davis once said, sometimes it takes a long time to be able to play like yourself. How many know what I'm talking about? When it has taken a long time to get somewhere, you tend to learn how to be present to the blessings of God when they appear in your path. You learn how to appreciate and contemplate the beauty of pleasant spaces. This is a pleasant space that we are sitting in right now and standing in. We need to learn how to contemplate the beauty of pleasant spaces. And it takes contemplatives and mystics and people connected to God to know those pleasant places when they arrive. And one of the ways that we contemplate the beauty of pleasant places is by recognizing that we have been assigned a portion. Somebody say portion with me. How many have been assigned a portion? Do you know about it? David knew what God gave him and that was for him was for him. But David also realized something first, that the portion was not the ministry or the accolades, but the portion was God, God's self. He realized this portion was God giving of God's eternal nature, that it wasn't just about the singing. It wasn't about the celebration. It wasn't just about what we do in church, although those things are beautiful and pleasant. But he had his divine connection and his priorities connected to God who created the heavens and the earth. So this is a psalm about mindfulness. Being awake to how heaven operates here on earth. That's why we sing and that's why we prayed. God's kingdom come, God's will be done on earth as it is here on the Lower East Side. Are we awake to our heavenly portion, family? As Elizabeth Browning once wrote, and we can put that quote up, earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush of fire with God. But only he, only she who sees takes off her shoes. The rest just sit around and pluck blackberries. Like the psalmist, we need to learn how to see so that we can slow down and contemplate God's goodness. Lest we overlook it. I don't know about you, but it's kind of difficult to detect the goodness of God in our world today. Especially when there are forces in high places causing so much distraction. Is there a church in the house? I don't know about you, but, and I'm not going to get political. I, I'll be a good boy. But we'll, we are exhausted by restless political leadership on both sides, on left and right, and by leadership that's out of harmony with people's well-beings. And, and who knew that a Twitter tirade could crush a soul and sap people's energies by day? That's why we need a church that's going to curate heaven on earth. That's why we do what we do here, so that we can detect God's goodness in the land of the living, in the midst of our circumstances. That's why we need to reclaim, church, the art of testimony. Testimony gives us the ability to locate God and heaven when we see it. 
And I'm from the old church, and, and I remember the, 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 the elders back in those days, like, they used to testify about just about everything. You remember those days? I was walking through the, through the, the, the bodega, y yo vi un aguacate. I saw an avocado, and it was, it was so good. It, it wasn't too ripe, and, and it wasn't too early in the stage, but it was just right for me to be able to make that aguacate salad, and it was just all good right there in the hood, right? People were able to detect God's goodness in the little things. I got people testifying in my church every week at this point almost. Let us know about what God is doing right now. I need to see it. Uh, we, we need to, to hear about it. We, we need to see that, that God not only works in the church, but God also works outside of the church. Because the Bible says that we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And that's what David was doing here. This is a mindful psalm. <laughs> He said, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With God at my right hand, I will not be shaken. We need the word of truth. And we need to keep our eyes on the God who keeps us. And recognize it when it's happening in real time. Don't just wait for your prayer time. Just don't wait for that time when you all get together in church. Be able to seek God in real time and testify in real time. And I'm grateful for a pastor who still grabs the mic and sings and worships God. I'm grateful for a pastor who knows how to take off his sandals or his Adidas because he recognizes the ground on which he stood on is holy. And there's a pleasantness that, that, that surrounds him and grounds him. But here's the beautiful thing about generous pastors and shepherds and people. It doesn't just stop with the man of God and his relationship with God. We also learn how to contemplate community in the pleasant spaces as well. David uses the word pleasant in this text. And the word pleasant and the word pleasure is from the Hebrew word naim. Somebody say naim. Whenever I have doubts about my Hebrew, I just put a Spanish accent on it, and it all sounds all good. <laughs> Naim meod means it is a pleasure to meet you. It is pleasant to be in this person's presence. David was able to not just worship God and be connected to God and recognize the pleasant places that he encountered and inherited, but David was also able to look around and see just and righteous people in his community. And he took pleasure and he said, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. We need to know that part of the portion that we receive as pastors is to be surrounded by people that have a purpose in this place. It is a reminder that we are not alone as pastors. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell you that when I became pastor about 14, 15 years ago, I wanted to actually go back and apologize to every pastor that I knew back in the days. <laughs> Recognizing that it is at many times a, a lonely place and that we need people in our lives who are going to open up the space and also share their joy with us. How many people are here to share their joy with Pastor Mark?
I think this is partly the vocation of the pastor. My, my joy as a pastor is not enough, although it is beautiful and it, it has some sufficiency. But I'm also reminded that my joy and my delight and my pleasantness is also tied into someone else's joy and delight and pleasantness as well. To be able to see people grow and thrive is the heart of the pastor. To be able to see people mature, to be able to see people get from A to B, to be able to see people who have come in broken and now they have received the healing power of the Holy Spirit, we get to set those tables with Jesus Christ. And as Mujerista theologian Ada Maria Isasi Diaz says, the kingdom of heaven is in many ways like Abuela's table where there is enough for everyone. And it is a beautiful place. And it's the community of the pleasant space that is also a place of hospitality. Somebody say hospitality. Everyone here uh, has maybe in some form or fashion experienced the hospitality of this place. And the delight of a leader who sees us onto a trajectory of wholeness. Now, some of us came to PCC as church fugitives and even refugees. Come on, somebody. And PCC opened up the space for sanctuary and for healing. And there is a witness here to people who have been healed. There there is a witness here to people that have been given grace and also restored from church wounds. And to be restored from having a narrow view of the gospel and given something that is holistic and just and righteous. And not only good for me, but also good for others in this place. This is a pleasant place. And we might have to be a little socially distanced for a while. But this is a pleasant place. And my testimony of the pleasant place is tied to your testimony of the holy place. We are inextricably tied to one another by virtue of being in this house. We can then also consider the pleasant place to be a place of shared faith and also shared resilience. And resilience is about people that have been able to come back from stuff. Resilience is be able to snap back into place even after you have faced certain traumas and, and trials and, and certain tribulations of certain types. And, and, you know, we're in this kind of collective trauma. I don't know if y'all know it, right? Just the fact that we're in a sanctuary wearing masks and, and at a social distance. But we also recognize that somewhere, somebody say somewhere, sometime... I know of the God who's able to transform my trauma and turn it into a testimony of God's goodness in the land of the living. It's not that we top our eyes so that we don't see the sun, but it's that we are able to curate moments and possibilities and see the beauty, not just in the outside world, but by simply looking at the person next to you. And say there is a living testimony of just people who love Jesus Christ, who bring positivity, who bring grace, who bring hope, and who bring hospitality into a place. Surely this is a pleasant place. A place of shared faith and a place of shared resilience. Therefore, my, this is what the psalmist said, therefore my, my heart is glad and, and, and my tongue it, it rejoices. My body will also rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead.
we're all feeling our mortality nowadays. And David felt his mortality. And yet he praised. And he said this, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence. With eternal pleasures at your right hand. David rejoiced for experiencing this moment and it led him to praise. It also led him to a place where he was able to rest in his body. Some scholars also believe that this is a messianic text. How Christ's body withstood everything that the state could throw at him. Yet Jesus' body did not see decay. But was resurrected on the third day. And that's God's victory over the circumstances through the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. That can lead us through the weariness and the weatheredness of a present circumstance. But I think there's also something else that this text was also pointing to. Through the word becoming flesh, God was saying that God doesn't just love souls, but God also cares about bodies right here, right now. The reason we are sitting six feet apart is that bodies matter to Jesus. When we are reckless, when we uh, endanger ourselves for no reason, then we recognize that bodies are not mattering to Jesus right now, as they have in some places. But we recognize that every precaution here, every wisdom has taken place for us to be here. And this place has been curated because we know that bodies matter. And I was contemplating this church's influence and this zip code and, and thinking about how bodies, right, bodies matter in this place, that uh, from the time that I was here, maybe over 20 years ago, there were, there were black bodies that mattered. Come on, somebody. That they were, they were brown and Latino, Latinx, Latina, oh my gosh, bodies that also mattered as well. That, that there were Asian bodies, that there were all kinds of bodies that walked into the place. Why? Because we're not just about our souls going to heaven, but the practice of the gospel, that part of the gospel is to know that bodies matter right here, right now in this place. That broken bodies can be healed. That, that, that people can be restored from their trauma, from their tension, and from their stress. That's why we worship God, guys. Not only to honor God, but there's a recognition in the bodies of black and brown folks since the beginning of time that when we recognize when we move our bodies, something happens. Something happens in the heavenlies. Something happens in the ether. Something happens everywhere we go when we begin to play the vibrations of the drums, when we begin to hop up and down, when we begin to pluck a guitar string. Whatever it is, these vibrations are going into the heavenly realms, and God is receiving them and acting on our behalf. Can you feel the heavenly vibration? There, there are times when we have this dichotomized view of faith, as we were talking about earlier, where we think that those things are separate and apart. But I, I live an integrated life. I live an integrated gospel that says that it all belongs and it is all beautiful. That worshiping God happens in the care of bodies. Think about the book of Acts. 
chapter 2, when the Spirit of God came in like a mighty rushing wind, what did the Spirit do? How did the tongues of fire descend? They descended on bodies. Black bodies. They were Jewish bodies. They were, they were bodies from the diaspora. And the endorsement of the power of the Holy Spirit was on bodies. That's why we have to say that black bodies matter as well. That's why we say that bodies matter because we serve an integrated God and a whole God and a God that gives us a whole gospel for the whole world. I realize that. It was missing in my theology before. But then it made sense. When I came here and and I remember Pastor E laying hands on my shoulders. Such a simple thing. But a healing thing. We kind of miss it now, don't we? It was the importance of bodies. It's one of the reasons that Vision Urbana feeds the people who are in economic security because bodies matter. It's the reason that we have the elderly and, and, and the aged going into a space where they can find Uh, social connection, because we realize that aged bodies matter as well. That's why Pastor Mark was out there caring for first responders during 9-11, because he recognized that it wasn't just about praying for them, but also about going in there and being the incarnate presence of Jesus, because bodies matter. And Primitive Story and PCC Story of Pleasant Places follows this thread even decades before that. Did you know that Bishop Cortez expanded the boundaries? Who knows? Does anybody know who Bishop Cortez is right here? All right, come on now. Bishop Cortez expanded the boundaries of this pleasant place by moving in his body outside of this place. And on one day, he goes into the Lower East Side housing projects. It was 749 Avenue D, where he met a Puerto Rican man named Jose Humphreys II, who happened to be my father. And my father was a post office worker who had attended St. Bridges Catholic Church with his wife and two children. And he came to faith through the witness of this Puerto Rican Pentecostal pastor who moved in his bodies outside of the zip code into 10009 and began to speak a gospel of truth so that uh, we find ourselves here by the grace and the virtue of that man today who moved in his body out into the world in order to bring a gospel for the whole world in the spirit of truth. And in the spirit of a PCC and Bishop Cortez, my mom goes, accepts Christ, resistant at first, but she finds Jesus, and she didn't turn back. She said, like the old spiritual, give, give me Jesus. Dame Jesus. And my mom, she would go into the Lower East Side projects and would pick up children for Sunday school. Why? Because bodies met. Come on, somebody. Because bodies mattered. The bodies of children, families Kids that were, may have been undernourished, kids that had been experiencing asthma. She realized that, that her gospel was also incarnate because she received an example of an incarnate gospel to reach her soul. And in the spirit of the PCC, Bishop Cortez 
allow, uh, introduces my mom to Christ. And my mom was gangster, four foot 11, <laughs> with no fear. But for a passion for children to be able to find pleasant places in the midst of concrete jungles and red brick projects. I mean, she would bribe them with penny candy. And who cares if Laffy Taffy and Bazooka Joes and Fun Dip knocked the fillings out of their teeth? They found them some Jesus. Can you give them a clap offering today? David was an artist, a mystic, and a theologian that realized that it wasn't just about his soul, but it was about his body as well. That's why David danced. That's why David played a harp. That's why he rode a horse. I, I look at Pastor Mark, he, he rides a bike. He plays the guitar. He played the organ faithfully. I don't know if y'all know that for many years, right? You have a David in this house, someone who takes worship seriously. That, that, that is the power in many ways of this house, that we could never be, no matter how fly we dressed up, come on somebody, right? We could never be too flyed and dignified to run around and praise Jesus. David talked about his body. Rest in his body. It was a long, hard road for him. And when I think about holy bodies and how our faith is also embodied think about that our faith is embodied the reason i'm here is because holy bodies were mobilized out of this sanctuary into the world and pcc we are all here as letters to be read from the ministry of these pastors in this great place and the blessings and the benefits of this house get passed down to you, whether you know it or not. And that was one of the things that Pastor Mark taught me early on, that there is a blessing specifically on a particular church, in a particular place, at a particular time. And we, whether we just sit in there and it's taught or it's caught, we are the beneficiaries of that blessing from that house. How many people here have benefited from that blessing and that house? Yeah, why don't we give them some praise right now? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. I had given up on church when I came here. Oh, somebody. I had given up on a holistic faith. I had given up on a church that was out there and, and relevant and anointed and mighty and moving in the power of the Holy Ghost. But I stepped into this place. And I found a man, I found a woman who was after God's own heart. Who realized that the boundary lines had fallen for him in pleasant places. But it wasn't just for him. I come back to give you gratitude for making space, 
for allowing many of us, some of us who are not represented, but on some level I feel like I represent others right now, to give you gratitude for being consistent, for being powerful yet humble, a model of servant leadership in this hood. And our pastor not, has not only grown this church, but he has also cultivated an ecosystem of shalom in this neighborhood. The blessing of this house, the shalom of this house has gone forth. And here's what I want to leave you uh, with today. If his presence were not here, if this church were not here, this community would know it. And Pastor Mark has always been mindful of what God has placed in his hands. And that's not just brick and mortar I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people sitting in the pews. Every person that comes through those doors is blessed because the boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. Surely we have a wonderful inheritance. God bless y'all. I love y'all. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together one more time.